Art is more than just a composition of beautiful colors and carefully placed brushstrokes. When we can think about it more expansively, that is. Welcome to the Art of Podcast, a show that unveils the masterpiece resulting from you taking your healing into your own hands. I'm your host, Leah Fisher, a trauma survivor turned multi-awarded reflectionist artist with a master's degree in counseling. My highest intention is to create a community for self-healers. Together, we'll unlock your own creative capacity to design a life of holistic wellness and embrace the healing journey, one step at a time. You're listening to The Art of Podcast, and this is episode number 17. Well, hi, welcome back to The Art of Podcast. This is going to be a very exciting conversation today, and I don't know exactly where it's going to go. I'm here with one of my best friends, Jeanette Breen. We've known each other for several years. We met through my husband, J.D. Miller. She was one of his best friends, and I quickly claimed her as one of mine. And she is just a world traveler. She's lived in five countries. She's coming off a world tour of Estonia and Peru and Costa Rica and just all these amazing places. And I'm so glad to have her here with me today. Hi, Jeanette. Hey, Leah. Thank you for that beautiful intro. I love you, girl. Uh, a beautiful <laughs> intro for a beautiful person on the inside and out. Thank so you. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah. So what are we going to talk about? I mean, the, the answer is we have no idea. What do single girls talk about? We talk about galaxies. We talk about books. We talk about psychology. We talk about men. Yeah. <laughs> we talk about, I don't know. So Just all the things. Yeah. yeah. Well, so this is really going to be a very organic conversation between us. And we were just sitting here and, you know, I needed to record my podcast. I'm supposed to be staying on schedule. We're um, laying in bed. <laughs> we're laying in bed, you know, just and started talking about dating and kind of the kind of guys we've been attracted to in the past and what we're really trying to manifest now and what that looks like. And I don't know, we were really talking about masculine energy a little bit and how important it is. I know that's important to you. Well, you had mentioned that you are attracted to power. Yeah. And that made me start thinking like, what is power? Mm -hmm. You know, because there's so many different kinds of power. And if you have a a big, muscular, strong man, that's power. I'm, and that's, you know, attractive. But if you have a, a big, strong man who's like a loose cannon or has no control over himself, that is the absence of power, if you ask me. A- absolutely. Absolutely. And that's not attractive. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it cancels out. I don't know. Yeah. Because for me, like, you know, what we were talking about is that physically, I think that you, like, you're a very visual person. You have like a certain type, like a lot. And for me, it's, not so much a physical type, but I think the one string that's been very consistent with me is power. And what I mean by that is not necessarily like a a CEO with a bunch of money and stuff like that, but someone who, when they're in the room, has a very magnetic field around them and presence and a presence. Yeah. And that comes in very different packages Mm from me, but I really like seeing a man who can own a room, I guess. Yeah. Own a room or confidently just be where he is without feeling like small or anxious. Not not to say that to not have anxiety, but just a certain level of confidence to where you can have a conversation with a stranger or, yeah. you know, kind of mingle among people. Or if your partner is absent speaking to other people, like you're okay. Yeah. You know, one of my must haves is I have to make sure that when I'm away from them, I'm not going to be horrified by the conversation they're having with my people when I come back. <laughs> 
this sounds like some good stories. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I date, I dated this one guy recently, just like briefly when I say dated, like a couple of times and he was, it, just some of the things he would say, I would imagine if I wasn't there and he was having that conversation with a business associate or one of my friends and it was almost like nails down a chalkboard. <sighs> You know, it was fine when it was just us, but then I thought about in a social setting. And yeah, yeah. I just couldn't do it. Like, um, do you know who you just said that to, by the way? <laughs> yeah. I wish you hadn't. <laughs> right, right. And I, and you know what I don't want to do? I don't want to be reprimanding and policing my man. Yes. You know? That's a part of the self-control. Like, you know what to say. You know, you're measured. Yeah. Like, self-aware. Yeah. And, yeah. And I feel like such a, like an attraction killer too, trying to edit them, change them. Like if you're ashamed of your person that you're with, no sex is being had that night, right? <laughs> right. I don't know how uh, sex and shame really go together in my mind. I can't, I can't really see that. So yeah, if there's any shame there, I, I don't see how it would lead to fun later. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's not an aphrodisiac. <laughs> yeah. So what kind of men are you attracted to? Golly, I've been trying to figure that out because it's so many different things. There's physical attributes, there's emotional attributes, spiritual attributes, like career attributes, life vision, emotional intelligence. And it's just like really a combination of a good balance of all of those things, you know? (laughs) And of course, like we've talked about so often, in my opinion of myself, uh, sexual attraction is really important. So if it's just not there, it's hard for me to like move past that, even though maybe this person might check a lot of other boxes and so that's kind of frustrating you know like I was (laughs) telling you earlier like what if I you know knock on wood uh went blind and I couldn't see my partner I would still be able to fall in love and that would be not a a factor right I guess as much right I mean I could still feel your body so don't get crazy you know but like Yeah. And so I think how we kind of came into this conversation was that you were saying that you found yourself being attracted to somebody that wasn't typically physically good. and for those of you yeah. who, who don't know Jeanette she's like this glamazon she's like 5'10 5'9 5'9 like <laughs> but her, her her aura makes her 5'10 yeah. and she's drop dead gorgeous oh, and so I think now your typical man would look like what I mean I like to say like a like a conscious viking <laughs> Just somebody who can easily pick me up <laughs> right <laughs> what do you have long hair or short hair I really like man buns oh. and I've, I know that there's like a man bun hating camp, but I've noticed I'm that so in the man bun hating y- camp. You are? Yeah. Yeah. If I see it. Yeah. I can't. The first woman I've met who said that. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> there's yeah. something about, I would like it with it down, but I don't want oh. it up in a ponytail. Well, not a ponytail. It's a man bun. It's I have a man bun right now. No, you can't have a man bun because you're a woman. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> the, a man can't have a bun. <laughs> No, they totally can. And it's sexy. I even like when I watch the Viking shows, which I'm very attracted to each protagonist of all of the Viking shows. I think they're so good looking. But yeah, they have the braids in their hair. And okay, like... braids, yes. Buns, no. Okay, braid is more girly than a bun. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the good news is, is like, it's a great thing that I don't like man buns and you love them because yes, if we were all yes. attracted to the exact same we guy. We would be in trouble. Yeah. 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 I, I love that. I, yeah. I mean, I have friends that have so, so distinctly different types when we're out. Thank God. Yeah. And like what they're attracted to, I, I just can't see it. I can't mm-hmm. feel it and vice versa. But yeah, it's like yeah. very different. It's interesting what people are attracted to. 
Yeah. Well, you just mentioned earlier my one time that the, the story kind of flipped for me with that guy in Costa Rica. Yeah. Normally, it was my belief that if I'm not attracted to someone right away, that the attraction just isn't there. Like I never, if lightning doesn't strike. Right. Like I wasn't really a big believer on building that attraction, I guess, or I didn't have experience with that much. But there was a time when I was in Costa Rica at a spiritual retreat. And this guy was there and he obviously was flirting with me, but I at first was like, I'm not attracted to this person at all. Like over the next few days, like spending time with him and seeing him play his guitar and sing these beautiful medicine songs and just like sharing a lot of vulnerable stuff, I started falling for the guy. Yeah. And I was like, no way, that never happened to me before. But COVID happened and we lived in different countries and it didn't quite pan out, but it taught me that, yeah, you can develop that with somebody. You did it. Yeah. You know, so that kind of opened my mind a little bit. Yeah, that's very expansive because if you've always had the same experience, like it has to be lightning strike and mm-hmm. it has to be instant love or all that st- and passion yeah. and, and attraction. But I've read and I've heard that really when that happens, it's usually some kind of trauma bond. Mm. It has zero to do with reality because you do not know this person. Yeah. Right? Like, but energetically, it's so yeah. strong and it's some kind of electricity, but it might be like, this energetic field that comes from your pain body and has nothing to do with reality. Actually, <laughs> I, <laughs> it's all an illusion. Yeah, well, it's true. Like, how, so how, yeah. like, how many times have you been so attracted to somebody and then later, like, this person is... No, it hasn't happened later. Sometimes it happens instantly. Like, you see somebody and then you go into their field or they speak and you're like, never mind. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right, right. Yeah. So I, I used to have this friend who was a therapist and she said that that is so strong, like the trauma bonding is so strong to never, ever make any sudden moves within six months because there's just something biochemically that's happening and anybody can fake it for six months. So she's (laughs) like, do not move in with them. Do not. Yeah. She's even like, she even went as far as to say, don't sleep with them, which I think would be interesting not to sleep with somebody for six months. But (sighs) yeah, I, you know, I, I've realized in sleeping with people soon in relationships, how distracting that is. And it just like puts this big, beautiful velvety blanket on top of all the shit. Like this, uh, like like, this veil of illusion, right? Cause you're so hot for each other and the sex is good. And then after that kind of like settles just a tiny bit, then this other stuff starts coming up and you're like, wait a second. You know? So I do agree in that sense, not like slut shaming or anything like that, like nothing against, you know, anybody who wants to do anything really, but, I think it's wise to just like dig those other layers first before you go that route. Yeah, me too. But it's hard sometimes when you're so hot for somebody. (laughs) (laughs) Well, for sure, for sure. You have to really kind of keep in mind what your goal is. You know, if you want to have some amazing sex with a stranger, okay, do it. But like if your goal is to have a relationship and a spiritual connection and a life partner, you might want to be making a decision a sober decision yeah and yeah. like sex is so intoxicating right yeah no for sure the f- funny story well my longest relationship of six years was with an amazing guy who uh I met literally one night stand uh well I mean I didn't have an intention for it we just met things happened first night spent the night with him next day I told him I was having like problems at home he said you don't have to you don't have to leave you can stay with me that was a six-year relationship like we oh, were wow. engaged and wow you know it, it was great for a while although I was I was a nightmare when I was in my early 20s but but yeah it one night stand led to like <laughs> you know, so I don't know it's... and and that's the thing too like 
those hard, fast rules about how to do it, it's almost like this control mechanism, like, okay, we're going to control the outcome, so we're Mm going to do everything right, but Mm -hmm. relationships are such, like, wild. Unpredictable. Yeah. Undefinable sometimes, like. Yeah. I mean, for me, I'm just trying to be the most balanced, not psycho person. (laughs) (laughs) You are not psycho. Well, that's, that's from lots of, lots of, like, self-work. Yeah, of course. My boyfriends in my 20s would totally disagree. Oh, same, same. Absolutely. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. I was messed up. So like trying not to go in with that crazy, needy, addictive energy and be more conscious about it. Yeah. And I, I know that you feel this, like this is one of my fears, right? Is that we're doing all this work, but where are these, are these men like reading the same books we're reading? Are they doing There it? are men doing the work. I know there are, it. I yeah, know it. I have, I hear rumors on podcasts mostly. I, yes. I've seen lots of it online and I personally know several men who, who do a lot of work on themselves in various different ways. And there's like men's retreats happening a lot more right, now than they right. used to. Yeah. There's like, I forgot what it's called, the brothers something or sons of something. And they post these videos of these guys like crying, holding each other, like, you know, screaming, doing manly stuff, of course, but they're also sharing and opening up and being vulnerable and healing so many like ancestral wounds, which of course spills over into benefit us, the feminine, you know, a healed man. I mean, how like amazing is that? And so I'm happy this is happening a lot more in frequency. And there's men, men's groups here in Dallas where, where guys get together and they talk and, Oh, you know what? Uh, After we get done recording the podcast, we'll pick out a couple and link it in the show notes for any guys who are listening to this that might be interested in that. And I love that, that it's this men's tribal support group because you know what I don't want to be is my, my partner's therapist. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, I love that they can cry, but I don't necessarily want them crying to me all the time, (laughs) you know, all the time. Yeah. I mean like sometimes, but like I, but I don't feel like, I feel like I really want them to be in their masculine and I want Mm -hmm. them to have this, this container and a support system. And I want them to process the emotions, but I don't, I don't want to be there. The the receptor, like the receiver. So you want them to do it, just not like put it on you basically. So do you want them to do it? Yes. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 That's good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't mind, you know, at all. I like to hold my man sometimes, right. I don't want that to be the norm because I want to be the little spoon. Right. Right. Like every now and then, yeah, I will hold him and like tell him it's okay. And, you know, just listen and do that. But yeah, if it was like a really common thing, it might, I don't know, be a little strange, I guess, which is weird that it would be strange almost because I, it would be fine if we cried all the time. you know. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Right. But we've had conversations about this before. I mean, I definitely want to, I want the man to be in control of the energy, like in respectful control. And I think when a man feels very upset and very vulnerable all the time, it makes me feel unsafe. Right, right. Because the container isn't really like very solid for you to. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I mean, it's like self-awareness, but also the more work that we do, you know, women are these guys, like the better we're able to handle the things in life, especially together, like a, you know, somewhat vibrationally aligned couple supporting each other. Right. Yeah, so. I mean that's that's the dream, right? Oh shit, it's a dream with a man bun. Yeah, <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> I I will mention this uh, man's name because he's really well known and he's married. I 
am not interested in married men. I don't want any man who belongs to someone else. So yeah. I just want to say that. But Aubrey Marcus is like my, like, your guy. like the Holy Trinity. I mean, he's just, you know, fit, takes care of his body. He does a lot of spiritual work, personal development and growth, and he's thriving in his businesses. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, it's so easy to find a man who does well in business. It's so easy to find a man who's super hot and fit. It's less easy, but still not that hard to find a very spiritual man. But like the combination of those things is <laughs> very well represented by this man, Aubrey Marcus. Yeah. Well, and you said something when we were talking before, like you were like, okay, so do I have to become like, I got the advice before, like become everything, the same thing you want to attract. Yeah. But I, it just came to me that I, I don't think it's that you, all those things you have to become, but mm-hmm. whatever your equivalent is to yeah. become the best version of that. Of yourself. Yeah. So, yeah. So yeah, I've, I've called myself out, you know, years ago, just in, in some, uh, spiritual practices where I realized that like, I'm asking for a king but I'm not a queen in this state, you know? So then it was just like, how do I vibrate at the level of the kind of man that I'm trying to attract? And what does that look like? You know, because I, I would be happy to have a man who was financially abundant and that I didn't have to necessarily have those pressures. So does that mean that if I want to attract a financially abundant person, I have to equal him in some way, you know, what is, what is a, a queen? Like, how do you, how do you envision that? Just like someone who loves not unconditionally, because I think that's bullshit. But like you think, oh, we have to go back to that one. Okay, (laughs) Okay. okay. I'm not gonna interrupt you, but yes, okay, yes, go ahead. But like someone who just loves so easily, someone who is able to clearly know what she wants, like set her boundaries, um, a lot of self awareness, vulnerability, strength, the ability to 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 flow, to support, to have a clear vision of what you do want in your life, what you don't want, like be true to yourself, be authentic in the way that you speak, that you present yourself, and the way you communicate, and super high integrity, of course, just overall. I don't know. I guess those are a few things I could probably keep going. I think that's a beautiful description, actually. Yeah. And you know what's really interesting to me about that is that you didn't mention like financially like a boss like yeah you know, like she's not that's like, hot too sometimes but like in my case I just <sighs> yeah and it's your definition yeah so. yeah you're right yeah, yeah yeah but like you know like if you're striving for that in your own life and mm-hmm. if that's not truly an intrinsic value then yeah. you can let it go and I don't think it's necessary I you know yeah I don't think it's necessary I think it's I think it's it's harder for men sometimes to be with somebody who's like extremely financially independent because there's a part of them that derives a lot of self-esteem from being supportive girl I freaking like years ago I was the breadwinner for pretty much like several relationships that were kind of short-term and uh, I ended up like buying these books that would talk about how to deal with a like partner who makes less money than the woman or something and I just learned so much about how I mean, I don't mean to sound rude, but like people with fragile egos whose identity and self-worth is based around things like what amount of money I have compared to her. And if she has more than she's better than me or some ridiculous belief like that. Um, so, so yeah. And, and for people who haven't dug into these things, like mm-hmm. the shadow work and the personal development, it's easy to feel threatened by a woman. I mean, this isn't new information. Like, hi, you know, we could go off on how women's power over the the beginning of time has been taken away for lots of reasons. And so there is a fear, you know, of like, I'm not really the man or something. And I just, 
I think if it was a man who was self-aware and had a healthy self-esteem and who truly loved his partner and supported her wouldn't be threatened by that. It would be just a benefit to both of them and he would do other things, his thing. I don't know, you right. know, but, but it is really interesting how men can be threatened by that. Threatened by it. Yeah. yeah. And women really aren't. It's not like, oh my God, he makes so much money. I'm so uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So I was listening to an episode of Matthew Hesse. This was a topic, right? And they kind of debated this back and forth. And what, what, what they really drilled down to that I thought was interesting is that it's not that men, sometimes men are threatened by it, but it's not this huge attraction factor. Yeah. So like, um, like you can be setting up a man and a woman and you can say the man's like, he owns his own tech company and he's yeah. like, he's like badass and this and that. And like with a woman, like a guy might be like, Oh, that's cool. Yeah. But it's not going to be like, Oh yeah, she's like a CEO. And like, that's really cool. It's going to be other things that are the mm. contributing, like the, the, the dazzle factor with a woman. I'm, I'm wondering about what you're saying because you know, like in psychology, the, the correlation versus causation, like is the man, not attracted to her because she is a CEO or is it because being a CEO makes her more masculine? Well, it's, therefore it's not, she's, it's not that they're not, not really in her feminine. It's not, and that's that why he's not attracted. Yeah, to. maybe, but it's not that they weren't attracted. It was that they, it just was, it was like, Oh, that's cool. Like, yeah. like, Oh yeah, she's the president <laughs> of the United States. Well, that's awesome. You know what I mean? Like they're like, okay, but like, yeah. like, I don't know, like how are her tits on yeah. her ass? You know, like that's yeah. more, I'm being so general and like so sexist right now, but like these things, like these feminine qualities, like right. that's going to be more of a dazzle factor for a man mm -hmm. than like say mm -hmm. her accomplishments or whatever. Yeah. And personally, I think it's amazing. All these boss women, like including you, you know, who I, I just, I'm at the point where I want to combine my purpose, my creativity and my financial earnings all into one thing instead of like just having to take a job to make money. Yeah. And I can't, I can't do that unless, you know, there is some other kind of support from something like friends or family or whatever. So it's like, I personally would be gr happy somebody made more money than me. <laughs> like I welcome right. that. Right. I hope for that. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've always, I've always dated people who were financially strong and, but, yeah. but there was something inside of me that I, it was always really hard for me to lean into it and to completely surrender into that. I always had to have something going probably mm -hmm. just because of not being like financially secure and safe as a child and not yeah. seeing, seeing a lot of examples of men really stepping up to the plate. So I'm like, yeah, okay, same. like I will let you do a certain amount, mm -hmm. but I'm always going to be able to keep myself safe if I have to. Yeah. No, I, I, I completely uh, resonate with that. There's a lot of uh, money blocks and, and uh, unconscious beliefs that I've had to try to like, mm -hmm. you know, uncover and do something with, which has been helpful, but I wouldn't say my money blocks are all blasted. But yeah, that, that has a huge effect on us. And it caused me a lot of, a lot of really, really deep fear and stress whenever there was some sort of like money insecurity as an adult, it'll turn into like, Oh, it's the worst. A huge, like, I'm, I'm in trouble, yeah. <laughs> you know, like I'm terrified. Yeah. No, it's life worst. or death. Yeah. 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 But that's not the reality. That's just the response that our body gives us, mm -hmm. you know, from, from all that childhood stuff. But yeah. Yeah. So you've so, been really working on some childhood stuff, unblocking stuff and like, oh yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's a work in progress constantly, you know, it's like getting through the layers. 
of things. And sometimes you have to get through unrelated layers of other things to get to the layer of the thing that you're wanting to get to. I definitely agree. And for me, as I've been doing that work, it all comes down to self-worth, hmm. you know, like not believing I'm good enough, like not yeah. believing I'm worth it and, and me compromising that. And like, I, I think I have one problem. Like I might think I have fear around money. I think I might have like dysfunctional relationships or yeah. might have like body issues or whatever. But like when I drill down, it's always like that little, yeah. four, like that little four year old when their parents got divorced and like yeah. it being my fault and, and all that. Yeah. It's just like, it's so basic, but it's so mm-hmm. ingrained and like so neurally programmed. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's, but it's interesting because all those fears, like I can really go down the rabbit hole of, Oh, money, money, money. And like, Oh, yeah. this is a big problem. And no, 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 no. But yeah. then I'm like, Oh, you're just a four year old. Yeah. It's just that same four year old with that same fear. And that's why therapy and therapists are so great. Cause they'll be like, Oh, so you're afraid of not having money. When's the first time you felt that way? Yeah. <laughs> Do you yeah. remember? And then you're like, Oh, and then you start yeah. uncovering these things, you know? Yeah. 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 Well, the cool thing is it's really becoming just like this, a pretty commonplace conversation about reprogramming that, learning to heal that trauma in yourself. And the fact that globally we're coming to this consciousness where people are saying, oh, you know, I can really heal that. I mean, I feel like there's some hope for moving beyond it so that we really can pursue our dreams and whether it be like, you know, professionally or in relationship, but like we're really getting to the root cause of of what's kind of sabotaging us. Mm -hmm. That's hopeful for me. Yeah. Yeah. And like you were saying yesterday, and I've, I've said before, like, I'm so glad that these, uh, you know, personal development and higher self and, and just, uh, the progression of our upward evolution is more mainstream these days, you know? I mean, there's just so much of this elevated information that, you know, anybody could stumble across at any moment. It's exciting to me. Well, think about all the information that's in our face constantly. Like, at least some of it can be good, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I love trash TV. We've done a little trash TV this weekend. and. I mean, I like it. It's entertaining. It's stimulating. Day fiance. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we we were we were talking about uh, what is that? Love is blind. Yeah. Before we jumped on here to start yeah. recording, which I haven't seen, but everybody's talking about this show. Yeah. It it is more interesting than the normal dating shows, which I I was never like a bachelor person or something like that. I've just kind of like recently got into like ninety day fiance and these and love like, is blind and um, and married at first sight. By the way, married at first sight Australia is hilarious Stop and it. savage. Oh my god, when you when you're talking like this, yeah, you know. Anyway, it's just so it's so much better and extra. But do but, they make it? Like, do they follow up with them? Uh, uh, later, like if you just get engaged at first sight, do they get married and then they like a longitudinal study? Or? Some of them make it. What? like really and have kids and stuff but I would say it's not like in the majority of the you know <laughs> of those contestants okay but um so yeah I think love is blind is a little bit more interesting because in this case instead of just like married at first sight where you meet somebody the moment you're getting married to them this is like you spend 10 days talking to each other through a wall that you can't see each other so they're like really getting to know each other And the only way you can, this sounds so silly. I mean, it's reality TV, (laughs) but like the only way that you can um, meet them is by proposing to them. Yeah. So they propose to them before they meet and then they meet and some of them are like so happy that they're attracted to that person or that they look physically pleasing. And some of them are less happy and it doesn't work, you know? Yeah. But I think a lot of these people would have never given each other the initial chance had they just based it on looks. Right. You know, so it kind of like opened an extra door and an extra layer. And I thought that was... 
That was really interesting. That's what I don't like about the the dating apps, like the Hinge and the Bumble and, yeah. and Tinder is because, oh, God help me, people like... If you don't like tacos, swipe, you know, whatever the way is for, for now. all For all the men out there, if you have any mention of tacos on your profile, take it off immediately. For God's sake, <laughs> take it off. So this is so funny. Jeanette had this idea. Tell them about your idea about uh, being a dating profile consultant. You know, I've... I've I've tried dating apps like three times. Once was a few years ago. Another time was like two years ago. And then now I'm trying something different. So I was amazed by the amount of those like basic simple profiles on like Tinder or Bumble or Hinge where you write one line about yourself or two lines or three lines, which is crazy to me. Yeah. And then out of those three lines... What do people decide to say of all the things you can say about yourself? I love tacos. You say, if you don't like tacos, then swipe left or whatever it is, you know? Yeah. Or or just like a fishing picture. Yeah. <laughs> they always have a fish. Well, why? Yeah. I mean, I guess if you're trying to find other like fisher women, yeah. like you specifically yeah. want fisher. Why would you do that? I, th- I you know I, it just came to my mind that maybe it's like this ultimate symbol of like I'm a man like I catch things I kill I, I provide food I do that I don't know girl oh I, don't, I, don't, I don't maybe that's why people hunting have pictures with holding dead animals well it's as very it's very too. like you know like like I'm, man, I'm a man, man. I, ki- I kill things like yeah, I mean, I'd like to know if we had Armageddon, my man could go you know kill something and bring it home. Well, there but it like, is. But I no, that's just not sexy. Ugh. And how about I, yeah. the guys who take a picture that is so freaking blurry? They look like they have three eyeballs. I'm like, agreed. You you chose this photo. Did yeah. you look at it before you put? <laughs> can you hold the camera in focus and not from underneath your chin? Yeah, like, yeah, it's so weird. Another thing that drives me crazy is when they post one picture. Oh yeah, it's one picture. I'm like, that's it? Yeah, just one picture? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, you know, but what, I, what is your like, like a profile? Like, um, like what would the pictures, would they be posed? Would they be like them out, like climbing a mountain or I try to show a variation of, of things. So like travels, you know, yeah. um, I try not to post very sexy pictures cause I don't want to like put that out there like for hooking up cause that's not what I'm looking for. But I also want to kind of get, like give them an idea what I look like, right. you know? And, um, and, and so I do traveling, I do try to do smiling, but what about for the guys? Like, like what, like if, if you're, if you could design your perfect, like, if I was a, if I was a guy, yeah, like maybe the same thing as you, like, oh. like kind of a dressier one and like a casual one. Yeah. And like maybe... No, no shirtless in front of the bathroom mirror pictures Agreed. for sure. Agreed. Or the gym. Yeah. N- just no. Yeah. Like if you're at the beach and you want to show your body yeah. or at the pool, that's, that makes sense. Yeah. Like you don't have a shirt. I can see what. You know, don't fucking flex in front of the yeah. mirror in the bathroom because I don't care how hot you are. Bye. Like, yeah. No. There, there's like this cheese factor to it. They're like, yeah. oh, no. So yeah, like casual, I don't know, something on the beach, maybe yeah. something nice just to show you have style, yeah. I guess. And yeah, a yeah. little bit of witty humor will go a long way with me yeah. in that yeah. situation. Humor is a must, girl. Yeah. I but mean, it, you know, it, laughter is foreplay. This is true. But you know, it. somebody said to me one time that to be funny you have to really be an intelligent person Mm -hmm. because it's a creative spur of the moment communication that not everyone really possesses yeah you know yeah um so wit is good the other Mm -hmm. thing that i really like that i'm a sucker for is good style yeah like you can be like a six and a half and a seven and you have a great outfit on. (laughs) i mean i'm like my head is turning for sure yeah 
I I guess I am not more for certain styles, but more against certain styles. <laughs> like, what is one thing that they're absolutely not allowed to have? Oh my god! For me, right? This is like yeah. my personal right. opinion, right. and I may love this. So, um, I just if you look like you went to like a prestigious like Ivy League university uh, and have like the khaki shorts with the with the shirt with either what is it the alligator yeah, or the whale? Yeah, yeah. The little whale symbol and like those shoes. I don't yeah. know what are they loafers? Like yeah. if you look like you're going to play polo or, or golf, like I'm just like you're out. And you know what? a lot Oof. of a lot of women would love that, right? Like exactly. Not, and I'm but, so happy to, to know that. And you're so glad <laughs> yes. that we're all not going for, you know, yeah, the same thing. Maybe they wouldn't want me either. They'd be like, look at her wearing a feather. What is she a damn bird? Right. You know? Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, so yes, I am. My nickname is Jaybird. So the answer would be yes. Yeah. But yeah, I, I do love that like kind of bohemian kind of like put together like linen, I don't know, yeah. kind of style with like some sort of scarf. But really I'm more about the hair. You are. I mean, you could wear a shirt with holes in it if you have. Which is hot with a, with a man. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Man. For me, like I think the biggest turnoff is... um an ill-fitting suit oh you know like God. like sometimes people will post like um like they're at a business conference or something yeah. but there's like their shirt is all messed up and like their suit is like not okay no 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 that wouldn't happen if they were dating us no they wouldn't yeah. but then like these things like and i've also heard people say that these are, things are also like so irrelevant because they can be changed but then i think can they be changed because i don't want to go into a relationship like yeah like totally like if i don't like who you are i don't want to be editing you all the time well here's the difference though because earlier you said i don't want to be someone's therapist i'm going to add to that or mother, yeah, right, of course. Um, but, uh, you know, I think, like, I've seen so many men who were super out of shape, had a huge belly, partied all the time, did a bunch of drugs. They met their person. Yeah. Next thing you know, they're not doing drugs anymore. They started working out. That's They're dressing point. better. Yeah. And so I think there's certain things that are not, like, inherently part of your personality character that could be upgraded or changed. But then there's certain things, just just who the person is, right? Yeah. So you don't want to like change that. Yeah. Like if someone's sexual or someone's not sexual, yeah. how do you or make ambitious. someone more sexual? You can't like make somebody be ambitious either. Right. Right. For a man. Well, and then the other thing that I think is relevant, we can say all day long what we like, what we don't like, and then just meet some <laughs> some weirdo that we just fall madly in love with that Total doesn't meet, yeah, that like everything. doesn't like that totally wears like he's gonna be bald and have loafers on. He's, 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 he's gonna, gonna he's gonna wear the most ill fitting suit and like a vineyard vine no, shirt and nothing it. against vineyard vines. This is not our style, but oh I mean, who knows? Like this guy yeah. could be just like the magic <clears throat> dreamy thing that we never. <laughs> What you wanted the initial attraction is just the first door that you walk through and then once you walk through that door it's like okay exchange words how is your vibe how do you care yourself how do you t- speak to me and if that's n- not right then th- it's it's you know no yeah. for me but then if you make it through that then it's like oh what what do you like to do in life like what makes you happy and you know um i don't know vision goals like yeah whatever and then see if that's a line actually getting to know them yeah and hopefully you're not already having sex and you're just like not even talking to them (laughs) i mean that's the hope yes yeah (laughs) but like if they're like oh i want to have 10 kids and i want to live in frisco i would be like good luck to you sir right you know i hope that goes well (laughs) and they're you know what and that's fine because you don't want to waste his time because there are a million other girls that want to be living in frisco and having exactly frisco is really cool yeah 
for some people. Yeah, I've, I've been there. It's fun. It's great. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, I know, I know you do a lot of study on human development and relationships. Mm-hmm. And what is one resource that just has been, really made an impact on you around that and just kind of like really narrowing your vision of what you're looking for and who you want to be? Like, what's your favorite thing? I mean, this this sounds like really basic and cliche, but I have to say the four agreements and the five love languages. Yeah. Like those two books, just in general for all people, whether you're in a intimate relationship or not, it's just those basic tenets, you know, like the four agreements, like be true to your word, right? Have mm-hmm. integrity with the things that come out of your mouth mm-hmm. and don't make assumptions and um, do the best that you can. What's the other one? There's a, f- a fourth one. Just be impeccable with your word. Don't make assumptions. Do your best. And anyway, so yeah, there's Something one more. Else. There's one more. Yeah. yeah. And then the five love languages, you know, it, it's, it's such a great way to understand yourself, to be able to like express your needs better and also to understand your partner. Cause I mean, you know exactly what I'm talking about. I think you talked about in your podcast with with JD that you can have opposite love languages and you're giving the person essentially the one that you would want, but it's not what they want, you know? Yeah. So if people could just kind of get that baseline, I think it would open a lot of doors for better understanding and communication. Yeah, and even like talking about it, you know? I mean, just having a conversation, you know? Because I, I don't know, people, they make a lot of assumptions. Yes. A lot of assumptions. And yeah can be detrimental that's cool I think the biggest book that I've read lately that's really made an impact on me is you only love three times Mm. and this book is really interesting because she talks about you have three different kinds of love in your life and essentially there's your soulmate which is your first love that doesn't really work out but you always have this affinity for them and maybe your family thought they were great and it should look great on purpose oh my per- God. and like it should have just happened it was supposed to but she just described my first love okay continue. right Tell right me about my so, second so, love. so this is your soulmate right <laughs> yeah. and for some reason it doesn't work out you leave them because you're just not the person you're going to be you have a soul's oh, journey God. and you'll always have a special connection with them and and a lot of times we'll communicate with are them. we on the second love or no, still, we're still the first, on the okay, first one it, yeah. and some they'll stay in your life too yeah a lot of people like they'll, they'll still be there they're just your soulmate right you literally just oh my god it's and amazing then, yeah and and then so for a lot of people that doesn't work out that's usually high school college and then you have a karmic love for me i've had several of these <laughs> and you can have more than one right and these are the loves that come into your life that are going to teach you Everything about yourself that's painful that you need to resolve karmically in order to become your highest self and to complete your soul's mission. So these these people are solely there to be a mirror to show you the pain you need to address. And these are the ones that are hot and dysfunctional and you're going to fight to the death. That almost Mine was so hot. He was quite functional, though. He was very... But the relationship, how was it? It, it was uh, very, very hot and heavy. Yeah. It was the most intense, passionate, like chemical, unbelievable did you, did connection. Did y'all, y'all fight a lot? I wouldn't say like a lot, but yeah, probably. I mean, yeah. I, I also take a lot of responsibility for, for, for that one. <laughs> well, that's what it's all about. These karmic gloves. 
these karmic loves are about self-responsibility because when we're experiencing hardship and pain, it's very easy to look at the other person and say it's your fault, but you're always playing some part in the situation and that's, oh, yeah. that's the soul's mm -hmm. work. That's what they're here to show you, what you do need to take responsibility for. And yeah. It's usually a very passionate, painful experience. Yeah. So these are karmic loves, but they're all preparing you for your twin flame. Okay, I want to just based on everything you just told me, kind of quantify what you're saying. Cause you're saying almost, it's like a journey to your highest self to where you meet the, the love that you're destined for or something like that. Yes. Right. Essentially. So the first love that I had, I would say I was 99% responsible for the bullshit yeah. of the, that one. The second one, I would say I was 50% responsible. And then, you know, from there on, it really is less and less. Cause I'm always trying to like, self-reflect you know what am I accountable for what am I what can I do better yeah am I trying my best like have I tried something different you know um like how are you showing up exactly to that partnership? like I, I really do try to do that and and so which is something you wouldn't have done in your 20s right no I did not no. do that yeah yeah <laughs> so it's it's very reasonable to assume that your first love probably isn't going to last forever because you aren't able to show up as a no, responsible no. loving person yeah but when you go, but he was that for me and you know, and I, yeah. yeah, yeah, it could be. And, but you taught him things too. Yeah, you know, maybe yeah. he was codependent. Maybe he put up with too much bullshit. <laughs> you know, maybe he had no backbone. Like, like he's like, I'm never going to be treated like that again. Right. Yeah. But when you go through all of this, then you're finally prepared for your twin flame. Who's also been on this journey themselves mm -hmm. and you're coming together for an equal partnership. And they say yeah. it usually happens a little bit later in life. That's what I keep hearing from all of my astrology <laughs> alerts and notifications and my life path number says your yeah. best relationships will be later in life. I'm like, bitch, it is later in life. Okay. <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Me too. But I mean, that's an interesting book. You only live three times. It really gave me a fresh perspective and a little bit of hope because I've been yeah. going through so much of this karmic love. I'm like, man, I just, I just suck at this. Yeah. I just suck at relationships. I know. It's like, I, I, I hear a lot of spiritual teachings that say, just completely let go of everything except where you are and don't feel the, the desire. Yeah. Cause it's like a kind of pulling energy. Mm -hmm. But then there's other people that say, you know, tell the universe that you're putting yourself out there, meet people, like take some action here and there. Don't just like sit at home. So, so do things. So or, you, you know. take action, but let go of the outcome. <laughs> Did y'all get that? Did everybody get <laughs> let that? Let me repeat that. We you just take, solved the world. You take action and let go of the outcome. <laughs> so this has not currently worked in my life. However, it's something that I'm trying on. So, well, you know. It's only so. hard when I'm wa watching these Viking shows. I'm just like, <laughs> damn it, where is he? Other than that, I feel very good and happy, you know? And yeah. like I said earlier, the, the last relationship that I was in uh, with, with – an Estonian man when I was living in Estonia for the last 15 months. He's a great guy. I think he's a wonderful person. I still care about him and we're friends, but, uh, yeah, it, 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 it wasn't good. Like we weren't good for each other as romantic partners. And I was just so miserable. And there is a fear inside of me of being alone, even though I've like, I've done three years of conscious celibacy and spent a lot of happy, fulfilled time alone my fear of being in a non-aligned relationship where we're not bringing out the best in each other and living our best lives and supporting each other is scarier 
than being alone. And I'm, I'm happy that I'm not in that unfulfilling relationship. And also my ex deserves better yeah. for him. And listen, you didn't spend seven years on it. You spent, yeah. seven, you spent seven months, yeah, which yeah. is progress, right? Yeah. You know, you're looking for something that's epic. This, this like spiritual, yeah. like uh, amazing relationship. A lot of people aren't looking for that. They're, they're, um, and they just want kids in a house. Well, yeah, they want, then that's fine, you know, but yeah. like you're aspiring to a little bit more lofty of a goal. So, no. So it's just going to, it's going to take more, <laughs> more patience, e- more patience and more effort. So, yeah, and more work for myself to up level myself. Yeah. You know, as yep. well in my, my own ways. Yeah. So. Well, cool. Well, so you are currently the CMO of Mind Valley Meditation, and that's kind of where you're working now. But do you have any, new aspirations or things that you're looking to do what's your what's your what's your path yeah you know I got a degree in psychology and after I got my degree I just decided that I couldn't be a therapist or a psychologist because I wouldn't be able to handle talking to people who had been through horrific things you know and I just couldn't imagine that but I I got that degree for a reason like I wanted to understand myself better and why a lot of people I knew or in my family were the way that they were and it helped me a lot so I've always been interested in it and and you know in my late 20s I discovered coaching and so it has been a few years that I have been intending to move into uh, coaching so thankfully through Mind Valley, I have uh, two coaching certifications and I'm kind of just starting to like build a website and um, you know going to put myself out there and great That's yeah I, I, that that makes me happy I mean I still have a lot of things about myself that I'm working on, but one of the most amazing things that took a long time to really believe is that you don't have to be perfect to, you know, succeed or to help people or to have a purpose. Mm -hmm. And so, um, if you, if you meet a therapist or a coach without any problems, beware, (laughs) beware, (laughs) they're a psycho. No, (laughs) yeah, no, 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 no. Okay. So that's amazing. So, yeah. I mean, you're going to be great at that. I Thank can't you. wait to see what you do. Uh, you. I think that um, all the pain that we go through prepares mm-hmm. us for something and to be a healer and to be a coach and to, yeah. to work with people, you have to have a frame of reference and oh, yeah. you are qualified. We've so. got that, don't we? In abundance. <laughs> <laughs> so I cannot wait. So Jeanette's going to come back. I think that we are going to be discussing a book called The Way of the Superior Man. So if you guys uh, are, it's a really cool conversation around masculine and feminine energy and maybe confronting some of the societal beliefs we have around that. So we're, we definitely are going to brush up on that book and come back and have a conversation with you then but uh thank you so much for for showing up here i really appreciate it this is just me and leah like normally we just happen to like record (laughs) a conversation (laughs) we're sitting there have a conversation i'm like can i please turn on the microphone because this is so good oh it's so good i love you girl thank you so much for having me yeah i'm so blessed to have you in my life thank you so that is it for today. Thank you guys so much for being here. As always, you know, this is a brand new podcast. Give me a five-star review and write me a review. That's how the podcast gets distributed and listened to. And um, it would just mean the world to me. And you can always find me at Leah Fisher Art. And your what's your Instagram, Jeanette? It is at Spirit of Jeanette. Okay. And so I will link everything we've talked about in the show notes. And I just hope that you have the best day ever. Talk to you next week. 